Hey everyone, I've got Rachel in session today. Rachel, do you want to introduce yourself and give us a bit of a lowdown of your agency? Hi, Rob. That's so great to be here with you guys today. I um, am a mom of six kids primarily, and I love um, helping small businesses grow an audience. So we've grown our own audiences into multiple millions. I currently am reaching about 36 million people across my social platforms that I own right now. And mm -hmm. I love helping other people grow audiences as well. And we do that with courses. We do it with some one-on-one -on -one and done-for-you services. Um, but primarily, we've scaled out of one-on-one -on -one into courses and education. Um, yeah, and that's me. How how big is uh, the team right now? Oh my word! I love this question. Um, I love this question because a lot of times we think we need a big team and all the bells and whistles. And I've grown um, in the past. I grew my team to having about fifteen people in it, mm -hmm. and it was not pleasant for me. So uh, some of you that are listening, you might think of yourself as a CEO or a business owner, and like some people are meant to be business owners in the sense that they want to run the business. They want to grow the business. Me, I like building a business from nothing. And then I kind of don't really like the follow-up and the managing of the people very well. Mm -hmm. That's just not something that I enjoy. So I did have a big team and that team, we kind of like moved them on to their better things that they're doing. And <laughs> I have a team now of two full-time people and then one contractor who's really loyal and like engaged on it. And then we have like three or four other contractors that we contact to write sales page copy or do this or do that. Um, but really it's just two full-time people. And as of this exact minute, no one is working full-time on my business because no, my one employee is sick with the flu and he's down for the count. <laughs> and he's like, this is man flu and it's bad, <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> so he's down for the count. And my um, other girl who's our number two, she's like, she runs the company, pretty much she runs it almost single-handedly. Her daughter's been in the hospital for five, going on, she's in the middle of her fifth week right now. Um, so she's been out for about six, seven weeks of not working pretty much on the business at all. And we're still alive. We're still profitable. We're still functioning. And I don't think most of our users know that no one's working on it right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully this won't get any of your users going, whoa, hang on a minute. What's going on here? It's interesting that you say that though, because I do a lot of ops consulting with all sorts of different agencies. Some of the ones I've done operations and program management for and help them scale and help them exit. And they're like traditional bricks and mortar locations, heavy overhead, 80 staff, multiple departments, like loads and loads of overhead, but really small margins, amazing client base. Yeah. And then I've worked with other agencies that are lean and mean. There's like three of them and their margins. And we get along good. really well. So yeah, we... Yeah we can get a lot done when we're focusing and we all have the mentality of like, jump in, pick up this, pick up the slack, do what needs to be done and move on with your day. And it's for us, my personality, for those two people's personality, we tend to work really well. So yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But lean and mean. Yeah. And we, um, we had a, a decent profit margin right now we're on because well, I'm having to hire more contractors to kind of fill in right now to, to keep the, the ship afloat. And we're still paying those salaries. But for right now, we're probably less. And as of last month, we're probably less. But we'll go right back up to 30% profit, 35% profit pretty soon. So yeah, which is insane if you think about yeah. it. And I think the beautiful and by thing- And profit, I don't mean after ads. Like I have a friend yeah. who showed me her profit margin. I'm like, 
that's actually just what you're not paying in ads. Like that doesn't actually like profit is after everything, girl. Come on. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I and I suppose the the thing in all that that for particularly for up and coming agency owners or business owners generally and entrepreneurs that are listening to this is you don't necessarily have to have like the cookie cutter business model. You don't need to go and lease an office location. You don't need to buy a fleet of cars or get full-time members of staff in. What you do need to think about, and I think this is the beautiful thing that you've done over your, your career and over your agency's growth, is think about who you are as a person, what lifestyle you want, and build a business around that. Because that, damn it, is why we become entrepreneurs, because we want to do something that suits us. I think a lot of people fall into the trap of doing what they think they should do. And then five years later, it feels like you're handcuffed to your own business, which is crazy. Totally. And I was handcuffed to my business when I had a bigger team. And mm. um, like for right now, we can all, my team has flexibility and not it's not just me as a business owner. Because a lot of times as business owners, we like to think, how can I get out of my business? So I'm working like on my business, but not in my business. And so we think of ourselves that way. But we, we can almost put ourselves in a box where there's, Ryan Dice told me, told me this analogy once, um, he calls it the bus quota, where if one, I'm sure somebody else came up with it before just him. But anyways, yeah. Ryan Dice was the guy who taught me the bus quota, which is if one person on your company gets hit by a bus or has to disappear for a month, will your company be okay? Mm -hmm. And um if I, there was a time when if I disappeared for a month, my company would not be okay. And then there was a time where if my number two, my operations leader got hit by a bus, she, our our company would not be okay. And now we're actually in a time this month where we're all hit by a bus, not, not literally. Um, and the company is okay. We're still, it's lights are still on, things are still running. And what an amazing gift that we can use processes and the right people and you can literally work yourself, but also your team out of a business, especially in the agency model, because a lot of the work we do is repetitive in the sense you do the same things again and again and again, you just do them for a different client. So as long as you can scale that um, and niche down, get the right product, the right person, the right flow, um, it's pretty scalable and it's pretty doable for- Systemization, I love it. I mean, mm -hmm. that, that that's, I, I just eat that stuff up. Like you talk to some people about systemization and processes and particularly the very creative agencies go, oh, we don't want to do that. Everything has to be bespoke. And I'm like, you're not running a business if you're doing everything bespoke. I mean, you might enjoy it, but you got to find that balance between how can you create something that's really lean to deliver, very efficient, very effective, high margin and repeat it, rinse, repeat, yeah. rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat. And that's pretty much it. And I came up with that because I like doing creative things. All of us as human beings, we like doing the creative things. We like doing the customized things. But I came up with having to do this, this business model because of need. So mm -hmm. there was a time when I did the customized, I did the big launch. I did all those things and I had a bigger team. We brought in a million dollars in a single week. And by all like outside perspectives, everything was amazing because mm -hmm. we were our most profitable month ever. We did like sales were insane. We were getting massive results for our clients and our customers and our students. But my son made a really poor choice and I had to deal with behavior issues at home. Um, my other child had sick, like we had a sickness with a kid. So where I like had to 
take off, but I'm trying to get work projects done. And I was under a crunch and I have sick issues and behavior issues and team like expectations. Cause once you start making a lot of money or for us, what I noticed in my team at that time was everyone's like, we just did a million dollar week. Where's my raise? I need a six figure income now. I need a six figure income. Now. I need a six figure income now. And I'm yeah. sitting there going like, that's not the way this works y'all. <laughs> but I wanted to keep the peace. So I gave them the six figure incomes, which meant my profits were the lowest. My stress was the highest. And I had entitlement attitudes with my team. I created that because we were fighting for the game and we weren't fighting for the service or for the lifestyle. And basically I, it was, it was the worst week of my life. That, that's what I was going to ask because that leads beautifully as a segue into like what the biggest mistake is that you feel that you've made with the business between its birth and, and way right now. Do you think that yeah. that is probably it? Like shooting for that million? I think you, I think as a, especially as an agency owner, you can grow or actually any business owner, you can scale so much that you burn yourself out and burn your people out, like burn your list, burn you can kind of grow too fast. Yeah. And so for me, I think my biggest problem was that I, I thought I wanted to be a business owner. And so I started building this big, big, big business because I was going to be a big business owner. And, um, instead of thinking, okay, let's look at your life. What kind of lifestyle do you want? What parts, what do you need to live on? What can you like, where are the weak points? How can you create systems around those weak points? And then how can you make this the most profitable business? Mm. So right now I'm making the most profit than I have in the past, but I have a much smaller business. And I actually just had somebody ask me like two days ago, Rachel, you teach people to go viral. Why aren't you going viral right now? And I told him, well, if I go viral right now, well, Mary's daughter's in the hospital and David's sick. Like who's going to be in charge of onboarding with all the new people we bring in if we actually get our content to do well right now. No, we turn off all ads. We turn it all, like it's all on autopilot. <laughs> no Nobody hears about me this month. <laughs> that is, I mean, it's not exactly like that, but you know what I mean? Because we're in a stage where not everything has to be growth, growth, growth. And yeah. once I realized that, I'm like, oh, this is freeing. Um, this is really, really freeing. My business does not control me. I get to control my business. And I don't know when that flip switch happened. Cause I don't think it happened during my million dollar week. I had to like go through that pain wallow in it. And then somewhere after that, in the months that followed the flip switched. And I was like, okay, I'm not going to live like this anymore. Like we're going to, we're going to make some changes so that we have a sustainable life, not just a business that looks big on paper. Well, we can kind of, we'll, we'll come to like digging into where that flips, which actually was, but I'm curious just before we go there and think about like how you found the solution and how you moved on. Do you think that there's something that drove you to want to shoot for that million? Was it like external pressure? Was it, was it peer and oh, network? My word, that was a good question. <laughs> you know what I mean? Was there an internal thing where you're just like, I'm going to go as far as I can go? Or was it everybody else around me is talking about doing this? Why the hell don't I do it? Um, actually, it was a business mentor. And yes, mm. I literally did what the business mentor told me to do. And that business mentor is an amazing human. And mm. I love their drive for impact. And I love their drive for revenue. Um, I love them. But yeah, I, I built my business around what they wanted. Yeah. I didn't look at my life and say, what do I actually want? <laughs> like, <laughs> and the reality is guys, I don't like, I'm not a, how do I say this? 
I, I like money, but I mean, we, I, I'm driving my old car. I'm living in the same house I had from before I ever built my businesses. Mm -hmm. I'm not like <laughs> nothing in my life has actually changed. I've got six kids and it's, I'm not changing the school district, you know? So like, we're going to stay here. All of those things, like nothing's in my life is changing. So why did I want to push so hard at the cost of my family, at the cost of my sanity, at the cost of my health and my family's health? Um, Instead, I, I listen to mentors and I, and I love that they gave me that drive. Mentors, when you surround yourself with a group of people and they're all A players and you're an A player in the sense you, are, you can accomplish great things when you put your mind to it and you're surrounded with people who are going fast in a direction, that's beautiful and it's powerful and it can push you massive, massive growth. And that happened to me. I just had to step back and say, is that actually what I wanted or is that growth kind of what the group wanted the herd that I was part of, and then say, wait a second, what are your actual values? What do you, when you're 80, what do you want to be known for? And I don't think for me, I didn't think it was going to be having money. What I wanted to be known for was the mom who like had cookie dough with her kids. <laughs> I wanted to be known for like hiking and camping with my family. And, and I wanted th those to be their memories. I didn't want their memories to be mom at the computer 16 hours a day. Um, yeah. So, so I, I said, what can I do to make my life now where like today, right before this call, my daughter forgot her school project. And I'm like, yeah, no worries. I, what I'm working on, it can wait until later. I'm coming to bring you a school project. <laughs> but it's, it's crazy, isn't it? And I, uh, so many people that I've spoken to and you and I and lots of other people in, in the marketing communities that we belong to as well will be aware of coaches and consultants and programs and things. And if you don't check yourself before you wreck yourself, but kind yeah, of check yourself before you wreck yourself. I love that. Oh, my word. Yes. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Go in there and go. These are the things that I want for me, that I want for my business. And therefore, as I'm going through this process, they're the parts, they're the modules, they're the things that I need to use as a vehicle to get me there. These things here, fascinating, yeah. but I don't need to use those. And the problem is, is that, that most people, especially if they haven't worked out what they want for themselves and what they want for the business, go into those kind of scenarios and just do everything. And then you kind of look back a year later and go, how the heck did I get here? Like what? And I'm so grateful too, because I did accomplish a lot. So that their advice was dead on and was accurate. And it brought me to the goals that they promised me when I joined up and was part of their programs. I just realized that, do I actually want that? And maybe it's something that we all have to go through in the sense contentment happens when you realize I got what I was looking, what my goal was. And then yeah. it didn't actually make me happy. It didn't actually fix the actual root issue of my motivation. So what is that motivation? And um, I'm super, great, super, super grateful now for the kind of the new Rachel, I guess. <laughs> that, that, that's the massively important thing. Like none of us ever really fail. It's just another chapter. Mm -hmm. It's another learning. So you're having that million months. You're aware that something feels out of kilter. It's like, I've got to go health leather in the business. I'm going to be ignoring the family. Mm -hmm. You know, the team are now expecting more. There's all of this stuff that we need to fulfill on. You go through that process, I'm guessing, you know, days and weeks are kind of going by and you're trying to process what you can do with all of that sort of stuff. Do you think there was a point, you know, was it walking with a dog or sharing time with the kids or looking at an Excel spreadsheet or something else where you went, 
I've got to change direction. We've actually got to somehow like coordinate a path to get out of of this 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 thing that we're heading into. Yeah, I don't I don't remember the exact minute. I do remember that I was on a call with my business partner um, mm-hmm. at the time, and I basically had like a mental breakdown. I was like, and we both were like, we hate what we just built. Um, and so we were like, what can we do to just get out of this? And I remember that, that phone call and just the, the frustration of that phone call, because we were both frustrated because we both were like, we, we just built all this for what? Um, and so I, I do remember that phone call. And then I do remember afterwards, like, I, I can't remember where there was some book. I no, it wasn't a book. I read, it was like an article and it was an article from, I don't even remember the guy's name, but, um, basically it's something about a shit sandwich and you get to decide what your shit sandwich is going to be. And so everyone's got to have a shit sandwich in their life. So is your shit sandwich going to be running a team that's big and now you're having to manage all the people or is your shit sandwich emptying the dishwasher at your house because you're having a conversation with your 14 year old and you're doing the dishes together. Like, like it's not fun. It has to be done, but your shit. So for, I'm sorry if this is a no swearing place. I typically don't swear, but the the, the article was literally called your shit sandwich. Um, (laughs) And I do not know who wrote it. And it was like ages ago. (laughs) And um, I did write notes. I doodle. And so I have a page of doodles from it. I should give it to you if I should find it and then give it to you to give to your audience. Um, but basically I went through it. What do I actually want? And when I was thinking about like, what, what do I want my shit sandwich to look like? Um, like what's my worst of my day? What, what's, if I could picture what the worst of a day would be, what's the worst day that I would want? Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of times we think of what the best day, like what can we picture as our best day? What's the dream life we want? And when you realize that 50% of your life, you're going to love and 50% of your life, you're going to just be like, dude, why? <laughs> And that's going to happen at any scale. So now we get to decide what does that negative look like? And that's where for me, I I crafted, well, what the part I want to roll my eyes at and the part I want to get huffy with, or like, do I have to? And I still want, I want it to be these inconsequential things. (laughs) These like things that I don't remember in four years, these things that, um, yeah. So I just, I just changed my shit sandwich. So rather than like, I don't know the shit sandwich being the kids always leaving the towels on the floor in the bathroom which you forget because it's just so regular you forget it in a month's time you remember when they're all grown up you'll remind them you'll embarrass them in front of their children and say I remember when you were little and you used to leave a towel on the bathroom floor but <laughs> this one this one I guess was quite a big one because it's like okay so we've got this million dollar and we've got this team that are highly paid and we've got all this stuff to fulfill like this is a big like it's a, a double it's decker. a very big sandwich and i wanted that like little quesadilla one you know the one so having identified it like seeing that 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 switch knowing that it's there like what was it for you to to get through it not like step by step but how did it feel to start to reprocess that and, and you know, almost get rid of it, like eat it or yeah. throw it in the bin or whatever the hell you want yeah. to do with the shit sandwich, well, but get um, rid. Well, for us, it took me, we went through five months of no revenue um, because I was like, we're not going to do that again. So we got to think of how we're going to change it. 
um, and we're going to make it an evergreen and we're going to like where it doesn't feel like we're on all the time. How do we change it? And then um, so we threw the business model in the trash and then we rebuilt it our way. And um, now it's we have like a mini course that leads into a bigger program that leads into a bigger program. And so it's like a flow and it's very peaceful and there's no urgency in any of our sales copy because there's no we were on telling the truth. There's nothing like there's nothing to get to give. Um, yeah. And so I we went through and got rid of our sales model and then rebuilt it from the ground up. And the first time we built it, nobody wanted it. And so we had to rebuild it again, even though I have like an audience of thousands, tens of twinsies, I don't know, tons of thousands of people, people didn't want my first offering when I th threw the model in the trash and built it again. I don't mm -hmm. think they wanted the second one. I think it took like three tries before we're like, okay, this is what people want. And we could have given up and gone back to the million dollar um, week system because that worked, but I we all knew we didn't want that sandwich. We wanted a different sandwich. So we wanted to throw that one aside and get a, um, a new model. And the new model we made is evergreen sales. So we sell a little mini product that leads into a membership. And then from there, if you'd like the ongoing coaching or the ongoing one-on-one -on -one done for you stuff, we do that. Um, so you, you've got a non-sleazy, non-false scarcity, mm -mm. basically like an ascension ladder that's delivering it's value at every stage. Yes. And we honestly, we kind of top out the ladder. I only take four people on to help in a month. So as long as like we, as long as we have these, my middle part of that ladder is where the majority of our revenue comes from. So the beginning of the ladder is basically for ads and it's like pays, keeps the lights on, mm -hmm. but it doesn't actually bring profit. The middle section, our membership brings profit and it's also kind of automated. So we don't, we're, I mean, we're there, but we're not we're not a slave to it. And if people come in and they're like, we need you for this, 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 and we're like, this isn't the membership for you. <laughs> we love you. Wish you well, go forth and be somewhere else. <laughs> um, so, so, and then the back end, I only take four or five and it's mostly just to keep my finger on the pulse of life and businesses. And actually at this stage, um, most of the businesses that I help, I'm an equity owner in. So I'm, I've started collecting businesses now. So, um, I'm up to like seven businesses. <laughs> So, nice. um, but it's peaceful. I'm not the one running it. I have an equity stake because I give them consulting and I help them. And if they have an SOS call, so I still keep my pulse on what's, what works and what doesn't. And I get that itch of build a business. Like I love, love building stuff. So I get that itch of building something, but I don't have to maintain it and I don't have to be present. <laughs> it, it, it's so amazing how you've, you've gone from ill-advised or, or following the wrong path oh no they were great advice it just wasn't the advice for me it wasn't for you yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. it wasn't for yeah. me they were yes. they're amazing <laughs> i don't want to yeah. put it in a bad way <laughs> well, it, it, it worked but it wasn't for you that's the point um to working out who you really are what you really want out of your life and out of the business re-engineering everything so you've engineered the business architecturally to fit what you actually want as a person and and the size of the team and what they all want. And you just simply deliver on that. And then to keep your creativity peaked, you yeah. get involved with agencies in that consulting space. So you know what's going on with trends and the state of the industry and all the rest. And you also have vested interests in other businesses, which keeps you ticking over as an entrepreneur. Yeah. And, and most of my businesses have recurring revenue, which mm -hmm. means it looks like it's small to begin with, 
but over time it grows. So like just yesterday, actually, we launched a car wash and I am a, like, I think it's one seventh owner of two car washes and we launched the first of them and we have 400 members and we need 5,000 or we, we need like 2000 to be profitable and 5,000 to be like gangbusters. Mm -hmm. And we're already almost 10% there with one day. That's fun because it's work. I do one time. I put the effort in give them some marketing consulting, give them a marketing playbook to get the, get the set up. If they have like a SOS call, be available to help them figure it out. But other than that, sign off on an, an image or three and we're done. The manager of that, that location actually does the day-to-day. -day. So I don't, nobody, like we don't have to do like, and it's just fun. Like I got to do the fun stuff and now I get the long-term reward of that for a long time. That's for me is really is kind of fun. So, and it, it's more profitable in the long run for my life. So it doesn't look like a lot of profit right off the bat. So a lot of times I think agency owners were thinking we want the $15,000 contract and we mm -hmm. want it right now, but we're not thinking of what if I get 5% of the lifetime of that business Yeah. where if it's a car wash, a car wash is going to be around for like 20 years. And it's, if depending on the location, it's, lucrative for a really, really long time. So like, that's a lot of money that yes, I work for free kind of ish right now, but I've got this long tail that's going to pay me and feed my family for a really, really long time. So I'm excited about that, that kind of stuff. Now the sustainable stuff. Yeah. Cause that's like serious investment, isn't it? When you think about how it used to be having a job, having a pension, having some savings, and looking around the landscape now, and you know, crypto aside right now, which is a little bit up and down, but uh, uh, people that actually think really strategically about where they want to invest their time and how long they want to wait until there's a potential return and how risky that potential return could be. And then having five, 10, 20 of those different opportunities. As you say, it's all completely passive income, apart from a little bit of involvement. Exactly. And so my, my personal business model has shifted in addition to the business model that I've given to my customers and clients. So mm -hmm. my customers and clients, the one that they get is passive, like for us is passive in our delivery for them. But then my profits from that, I'm reinvesting in a way that will hopefully bring lifetime of revenue to my family, not a paycheck right now. <clears throat> there is the kid's inheritance right there. <laughs> Well, I already told them they're not getting anything, so I don't know. <laughs> oh, you keep but, dropping those towels, you won't get this inheritance. Yeah, well, it's not, I, um, I want them to work for their own. Like, that's who, that's what makes you get grit. And it makes you become the person you are. And my parents are entrepreneurs and they run businesses. And I mean, it's not that they told me I wouldn't be, get an inheritance. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not looking for one from them because they gave me the skills to learn how money makes money. And that alone, I'll be fine. <laughs> like, I don't need a thing from them. I'll be great. Um, and that I want to give my kids that. I want to give them the ability that they can, they can do it themselves. And so I'm telling them they have to do it themselves. So I might change my mind when I'm 80, but for now. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine the kind of time machine that you could jump in. I know everybody talks about hindsight and that kind of stuff, but if you could get in a time machine and you could go back like 15 years to the younger you, like what single piece of advice would you give yourself to, to help your younger self grow? 
okay, can I go back 14 years, not 15 or even 14 and a half? Because 14 and a half years ago, I had an infant child who I couldn't breastfeed and I had another child on the way. And I was, that was a surprise pregnancy. We did not expect to get pregnant while I was on maternity leave, but it happened. Um, And so I had two babies. I couldn't afford daycare. I couldn't afford to work anymore. I, my car was broken in my driveway because I couldn't fix the transmission because we didn't have 600 or 400 bucks to fix the transmission. I would go back to that mom and say, give me a big old hug because I was at the bottom and I had no clue that every step was in the right direction because you're getting out of the hole. Like, so like I was stuck and I was paralyzed. I was going to make the wrong choice. And I was, I was trying to do something to better our financial situation when I couldn't leave the house and I couldn't afford childcare. And I had two babies and I didn't even know how I was going to feed them. Um, every single step was in the right direction. So do something every single day to build a revenue stream for yourself. And it's amazing what happens in an investment when you compound your investments. So when you compound money that you put into the bank or into an investment over time, you put like, it grows by 5%. And then that 5% grows by 5%, that 5% grows by 5%. But it also happens with the time that you give. So even if mom, Rachel, when you're like, what's going on? (laughs) You don't know, but in two years, you're going to have three kids and then you're going to be crazy. And you're going to think I could adopt. And then you're going to have six kids. And then (laughs) you're going to be running this big business while you have six kids. It's going to be okay. Mom of two kids, you're going to be fine. I would go back to her and just give me a big old hug and say, it's compounding interest. So you're doing your, you're fighting the slog right now. You're, you're in that hole and you're digging yourself out. Um, but every shovel you dig grows and it, it, and before you know it, you're going to be just fine. And your kids are going to be just fine. And, um, but take an action every single day because those actions grow on each other. Um, and I just give myself a big old hug because I needed them. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's an amazing message to young self. And actually to, for anybody else that's listening or watching to, to like seriously think about the, the work that we're putting in now does compound if it feels like it's sweaty and hard and all of those things like, whether you're journaling or whether you're using social media to document your journey, like some way of just looking back every, every week, every three months, every six months, every year, actually how far you've come by the pure grit and work that you've put in it. it, It's it's amazing. When you look back, I was looking back through some old journals recently. I'm like, who the hell is this person? Like what? (laughs) And I look and I say, how did that happen? How did, how did it happen? And um, by God's grace and elbow grease. So. Yeah. So where can people find out more about you? Where do you hang out? What kind of links can I drop around the video or can I put in the, the podcast? For sure. Um, I'm, I run a free Facebook group called Grow Your Audience. And I'm not in it a whole lot right now, but I told you my team's kind of sick and MIA right now. So <laughs> give me a month and I'll be back in there. It's grow your audience on Facebook. That's our free Facebook group where we give people all the resources to help them grow an audience. Cause if you have an audience, you can automate a message and you can automate a sales funnel, but without an audience, it's really, really hard to get your business launched. And, um, yeah, that's, that's what I love to build. I love to help people grow audiences. I will make that happen. I'll put the link somewhere around this content. Rachel, it's been amazing to awesome. chat with you. Really, Thank really you so much. I appreciate you. Have a great one. <laughs> Take care. See you soon.